Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio. Um, this is Prophetess Kathy McKenzie, and today is Kingdom Women Living for the King. Just want to encourage you um, um, to join us on Monday and Friday also for the Master Key with Dr. E.J. McKenzie, which is Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. And then on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, Dr. McKenzie and I will be doing um, Kingdom Relationships. Kingdom Relationships, the Order of Kingdom Relationships. And then on Saturday, this coming Saturday, we would like for you to join us also, but instead of 1 p.m., join us at 12 noon until 2 p.m. The Master Key will be releasing the supernatural. This will be Dr. McKenzie and the prophetic uh, ministry and intercessory teams that we will you will call in and we will begin to speak into your lives. Um, so we just once again congratulate you and thank you for joining us at this time. I want to talk to you about uh, concerning us as women. Um, God, I believe that there's a divine destiny for all of us, for all of us as women of God. Uh, we may not know that divine destiny, uh, but that's why it's important for us to be in relationship with someone that can help us into our divine destiny as we uh, enter into the relationship with the person, uh, receive someone as our mentor, become a protege, and hear the heart and the mind of God because relationship is key. Relationship is going to take you and I further than, than money ever will. We are into divine relationship, that is, uh, relationship that God has appointed for us to be in. And I want to look at, um, uh, look at two women today. I want to look at Esther. And I want to look at Queen Vasti in the book of Esther. And you've probably read that uh, the book of Esther before and heard different messages. And, and if you're a leader, maybe you've already ministered on that before. But God began to deal with me, uh, deal with my heart about some things. And I just want to be able to share some things with you um, today. And I pray that you're, you're open and you hear the heart and the mind of God if the um, God speaks to us today. Um, God, I believe that God is calling all of us as, as women of God. He's calling us as wives. He's calling us as mothers, as sisters, as daughters. He's calling us as leaders to be in proper and divine order with him. It's okay for me to have things and to be in the different positions that God is going to place me in, but I must have divine order. If my life is out of divine order, then I cannot possibly uh, uh, be propelled into that destiny that God has for me. And so we want to be able to go to that place, and, and all of us want to be in divine, uh, uh, reach that divine destiny. Um, we want to be able to uh, achieve some things in life. And so here was Esther, in the book of Esther, in the first chapter, it talks about uh, Queen Vasti. Queen Vasti, uh, the king began to call her. First it was a, they were having a celebration. Um, the king was in uh, having a celebration with the men, the leaders of the land, and Queen Vasti was having a celebration with the ladies of the land. 
And the king wanted um, Queen Vashti. He requested her presence. Now, I want you to see the king as um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, God, um, the, the king was requesting Queen Vashti's presence, but see God requesting your presence. See our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's calling all of us into divine relationship, into proper relationship with him. Whatever is out of order, let God show you that area of your life that's out of order so he can help you put it in order. But he's going to help you put it in order through relationship. Uh, maybe you're going to your church and, and you're hearing your man of God minister a message and God is speaking to you and dealing with your heart and he's talking to you about getting everything in divine order. Uh, we know that 2012 is the year of government. So God is speaking to us about everything lining up with the government of God. Um, so by the end of this year, when we go into 2013, I will have everything in divine order. Let God show you the areas of your life that is out of order. So here the king, he's celebrating with his men. And he's at this time, if you do the study, he, at this time he, he's drunk and, and he's had a lot to drink. And he's requesting the presence of his wife, his queen. It doesn't matter why he wanted her. The point is he requested her presence. And he sent servants to tell her, the king is requesting your presence. And can you imagine uh, the servant's uh, expression uh, on their face when Queen Vasti refused to come into the king's presence? And you can find this, again, in Esther, the first chapter. And so she refused to come. It didn't matter, again, what the king wanted, but Queen Vasti refused to come into his presence. And to me, uh, not to me, but according to, as you're reading the word, what this is showing that she, Queen Vasti, valued her position more than she did her relationship with her king. She valued that position, and she refused to come. We don't know what, you know, why she refused to come. The point is she just refused to come before the king. And uh, the king wanted her to come, but she refused to come. And so can you imagine the servants running back to the king and telling the king, uh, she refused. She says, no, she's not coming. And that was unheard of. You do not refuse the king. Um, and so they went back and told him, and, and notice what happens here. I want to begin to read uh, in the book of Esther, and I'm going to read in verse the first chapter, and I want to begin with verse 16. It says, and this is the NIV version, it says, And Muthamon answered before the king and the princess, Queen Vasti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes and all the people who are in all the providences of King Ahasuerus. Now notice what it says, that not only did she wrong the king, not only did her answer affect the king, but it affected everybody uh, in the surrounding area. And I think as women of God, sometimes we forget that the answer we give the king is going to affect everybody in our families. We forget, especially if we're wise, 
as a wife, my wrong answer, my negative answer, negative attitude, unsubmitted attitude would not only affect me, but it also affect my husband, and it's going to affect our three daughters. We have three daughters, and it's going to affect them. So as a wife, I have to see the bigger picture. And I'm sure Queen Vasti was not looking at the bigger picture. She wasn't even thinking about the bigger picture. And she probably did not know that her answer was going to affect everything. It was going to be like a ripple effect, like a domino effect. You know, once the one block falls down, then all the other blocks. That one decision caused all the other blocks to begin to fall down. And so she wasn't even thinking about that. But notice what it says, that not only have you wronged the king, but all the princes and all the people who are in the provinces of King Ahasuerus. Verse 17 says, for the queen's behavior will become known to all women. All women are going to know her answer. All women are going to hear that she has rebelled. She has uh, uh, rebelled and refused to come before the king. It says so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes when they report. So not only is this answer going to affect her household, but it's going to affect everybody, all the other women. They're going to look at, well, she's an authority. She's a queen with the king. And if she has refused the king, uh, then surely because she did it, I can do it too. So we sometimes don't realize, wives and women of God, that other wives and other women of God are looking at what we do. Our light is seen before others, and they see us. That's just like uh, in, my, in my home, uh, we have our daughters that live with us, and my unsubmitted attitude to my husband, my disrespect to my husband, will cause my daughters. It will influence my daughters to disrespect their father also. So not only should I obey because God is uh, uh, quickening my spirit to be obedient to him, but, and my, uh, because I love God, I want to obey God, then that will influence my daughters. Uh, they will see my submitted attitude to their father. They will see how I submit to him. They will see how I respect their father. They will see how I love God. I love my husband. And they will see that. And what is that going to do? That's going to cause them to also, and it's going to influence them to submit to their husbands one day when God brings their boys to them. It's going to cause them to submit to their husband, to respect their husband, and to obey God. Because every time I submit to my husband, I'm obeying God. Every time I respect my husband, I'm respecting God. And, and I'm going to bring out a couple of scriptures later on that shows how wives are to submit to their husband as unto the Lord. So Queen uh, Vasti didn't realize that other women were being affected by her answer also. It says, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vasti to be brought in before him. But she did not come. Verse 18 says, This very day the noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard, all, they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus there will be excessive contempt and wrath. In other words, this thing is going to spread. We have got to do something. Not only will they see how she did not come before the queen, uh, the king, but they will see uh, excessive contempt 
and wrath, it's going to spread like wildfire. In other words, that's what they're saying. In verse 19, it says, If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him, and let it be recorded in the laws of Persia and the media, so that it will not be altered, that Vasti shall come no more before the king Ahasuerus, that she will not come any more before him and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than than she. Now, what is this saying? He's saying the, the men, see, these are the men of the land. And so the leaders of the land, it wasn't uh, just anybody that went to the king. It was the leaders of the land. They went, the men, they went to the king and said, now, have you noticed how she disrespects you? Now, this is what I think we should do. Let's issue a royal decree and let it not be altered. Don't let anyone change it. Let it be law and let it be written uh, and not changed that Queen Vasti will come no more before the king and let her position, because she refused to submit, she refused to come to the king, let her position be given to another one. Now, isn't that something how God allows the men the authority they are the ones that issued the decree because the men are the ones that are in authority. God called the men and the wives. We are to submit to our husbands as unto the Lord. And the men are the ones that notices that if we don't make a decree and this thing not be altered, that Queen Vasi is not to come before the king anymore and let her position be given to another, uh, then this thing is going to spread. And then all the other wives, what would they do? They're going to disrespect their husbands also. And pretty soon it's going to be chaos. It's going to be confusion. It's going to be arguing. It's going to be fighting. It's going to be so much turmoil in the families because why? One person started it. So we got to stop it. We got to cut it off right now. And we have to do something about it so it will not spread. It will not cause the other wives to disrespect their husbands. And then in verse 20, and notice it says the latter part of verse 19, and let her position be given to another who is better than she. In other words, let somebody else, let her position be given to somebody else who's better, meaning who's, who will submit to the king, that when the, when the king requests her presence, she will come, and she will not refuse the king. But she will understand she's queen only because of the king. Uh, I, you know, we're, we're in the position that we're in as wives because of our husbands. It's because of our husbands that God has called us into the position that he's called us into, because the call of God is upon our husbands, uh, the call of God is upon our lives. Without our authority, then we would not be in the position that we're in now we so so he's saying uh, the scripture is saying so let her position be given to another that is better than she let the position be given to someone who's going to submit to her husband let the position uh, the position be given to someone who's going to respect her husband let the position be given to someone who will obey her husband and then in verse 20 it says when the king's decree which he will make is proclaimed throughout all of his empire, but it is great. All wives, all wives, not one wife, but all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. So all the wives, those who are in position and who are not in position, this decree is going to be known. It's going to be given to everybody, and all the wives will honor their husband. All the wives will respect their husband. All the wives will obey their husband. All the wives will love their husband. 
and verse 21, and the reply pleased the king. The king was, re he was pleased with that reply. And the princes and the king did according to the word of Micamah. And then in verse 22 it says, Then he sent letters to all the king provinces, to each province in its own script, to every people in their own language, that each man should be master in his own house, should be authority in his own house, should be a ruler, should lead in his own house, and speak in the language of his own people. And so this is what verse, the first chapter says, how it brings it out concerning uh, Queen Vasti. Let Remove her from position, because if you don't remove her, then this is going to spread, and all the wives are going to disrespect. They, they will not have no honor for their husbands if you don't stop it. And so the king, when he heard the words, it pleased him. And he, he was inclined to, to, uh, uh, to agree with this providence, that, with this uh, decree that, that was spoken. And so he signed the decree, and it was sent to everybody in the land. This is the, this is the order. This is how the homes are to be conducted. All the wives will honor their husbands, and the husbands will be ruler of their homes. And in other words, they will leave their, their wives and the wives will submit to them because if not, then they will be removed. Now, think of it like this. I want you to see the symbolic ladies of your relationship with God. Queen Vasti, she represents uh, all of us, that when the queen, when the king is calling us, we are to submit. We are to, to come before his presence. We are to, it doesn't matter what time of the day he's calling. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of doing something. The king is requesting my presence. My husband is requesting uh, my presence. My husband is requesting me to come uh, to his presence. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of doing something. It doesn't matter if I just came home from working. It doesn't matter whatever I'm in the middle of doing when the king is requesting my presence, when my husband is requesting my presence, then I want to stop what I'm doing uh, because what he is requesting of me at this time is more important. And then I, as I submit to him, I'm submitting unto God. I'm submitting unto the Lord. So God used this situation to expose the rebellion that was on the inside of Queen Vasti. So God uses situations to expose what's on the inside of us. The rebellion was there. She had a choice. She didn't have to yield to it. She could have yielded and went into to the, her husband's presence to see, uh, to answer his request. But no, she yielded to her flesh. How many times, uh, wives and, and women of God, how many times have we yielded to our flesh? and did not go, did not come to our husbands when they requested our presence, or our Lord and Savior when he called upon us. How many times have we refused to come? How many times have I yielded to my flesh and did what I wanted to do and not what the king was requesting me to do or not what my husband was requesting me to do? How many times have I missed God? Because every time I did not submit, every time I refused to go, then I, I have an unsubmitted attitude to God. I'm showing God that I disrespect him, my attitude, my disposition, and I do not honor him every time I disobey. 
So she refused her husband. She refused God. To submit to her husband is to submit to God. To honor her husband is to honor God. For me to honor my husband is to honor God. For me to respect my husband is to respect my respect God. For me to obey my husband is to obey God. Listen in, uh, if you will, to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and verse 22, and the Amplified Version. It says, Wise, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husband as a service to the Lord. In other words, submit to your husband as a service to the Lord. Every time I submit to my man of God, I'm submitting to God. Every time I respect my man of God, I'm respecting the Lord. Do it as a service to the Lord. That's what he said. Do it as a service. Show that you love God by submitting to your husband. Show that you love God by obeying your husband. Show that you love God by respecting your husband. Every time we do it unto our husbands, we're doing it as unto the Lord. It says in verse 23, for the husband is head of the wife, and this is the order of God. The husband is head of the wife, not the other way. The wife is not the head. The husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. So the order is my it is Christ, then my husband, and then the wife, and then the children. And so the authority or the command comes from the husband, not from the wife. The wife should never be trying to give the orders for the home that's out of order and that is not uh, God's order. The order of God is Christ, the husband, and then the wife, and then the children. Because why? When it's in divine order, then the salvation for the wife can come through the husband when it's proper order according to the order of God, which is we see here in verse 23. I read it again. It says, for the husband is head of the wife. In other words, the head leads the body. It says, as Christ is head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. So the head, think of it in terms um, as your own natural body. My body, my arms do not lead me. My head leads me. My head makes the decision. My head calls the shots. So in the position of Queen Vasti, the king was calling the shots. The king was making a decision, and the queen refused to submit to the to the decision that the king had made. And because she refused, then she was put away. And if you notice, um, she was put away. She was banished forever. We do not even hear of her anymore because of her one decision where she refused to submit and come before the king when he requested her presence. We don't hear any other scriptures concerning Queen Vasti. There is no other books that begin to talk about Queen Vasti moved over here into another land and she married another husband and she had X amount of children. We hear nothing more concerning Queen Vasti uh, once she made that wrong decision and uh, refused to come before the king's presence. So, so what is that saying? That now, and notice, God allowed this to happen. So is it possible that when a wife, uh, that you could be as a wife in a position where God will uh, put you away because you refuse to obey your husband as unto the Lord? 
Is it possible that God will allow your position to be given to someone else who is better than you, who will submit, who will obey, who will uh, uh, submit and love as unto the Lord, who will respect the position will be given to somebody else because you refuse to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. When she refused to submit, she refused to submit to God. When she, re- when she rebelled, Queen Vasti, she rebelled against God. And is it possible that Queen Vasti valued her image, her, her relationship, her image before her ladies? Is it possible that she valued that more than she did her husband? She valued her image, how she looked before the people. And this is something that you and I as wives must not allow um, our image and our relationship to, that we value that more than we value our relationship with God first and then our relationship with our husbands. And for us, you and I as wives and as women and as mothers, we must value our relationship with God first and then our relationship with our husbands. We must value that. And when we do, God is the one that will cause us to be propelled into divine destiny. God is the one that will elevate us. God is the one that will promote us. Why? Because I'm submitting to God. I value my relationship with God more than I value this position. I value my relationship with God more than I do my image. How many times have we missed God as wives and as mothers and as women of God? How many times have we missed God because we valued our position? We valued what we had. We valued stuff or we valued our image, how we looked before the people. Then we did God. I remember one time when we used to have prayer on Monday nights, and we were on our way to prayer this particular Monday night. And a lot of times when I get dressed, I go to the car uh, and I put on my uh, flat shoes before I put on my my heels. So my husband is driving to church. Uh, We're on our way. I have on my flats. And for a, a split second, I remember I forgot my shoes. And so I asked my husband, can we please turn around and go get my shoes? Uh, because I, I valued what I had on, and I valued not going in there with flats on. Uh, I want to have my heels. And so, I ref- you know, I wanted to uh, go back to the house so I can get my heels. My husband said no. I pleaded with him. Can we please turn around? Can we please turn around so I can go get my, my heels? I forgot my heels. I want to have on my heels. Again, my husband said no. So I sat there with an attitude. So I decided to ask him one more time, and this time he said yes. When we get to church, uh, just go ahead, turn around, go back to the house, and get your shoes. Now, I wasn't even thinking that's a waste of gas. Uh, I wasn't even thinking that's going to be another 25, 30 minutes, uh, almost an hour, to turn around, come all the way back to the house, and then come all the way back to church. I wasn't even thinking about that. And when we got, when I got back to the church, the, the a sovereign move of God was going on in, in prayer. A sovereign move of God. And God began to talk to us about our image. And God was talking to us about our relationship with Him. And God was speaking to all of us about our heart. You know, my affections and, and who has my heart and, and where's my attachment? Is it more, uh, within in my relationship with God or is it on things and stuff, what I have? And, and I just, I felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. 
I felt so convicted. But and what kind of example did I set before my daughters? What was I showing my daughters? What was I showing my husband? What was I speaking to them? Because I, I had an attitude and I was in my flesh and, and I wanted to go home and get these shoes because I valued looking good uh, more than I did my relationship with God. And and the, uh, we were moving up to the altar and different ones were going up to the altar. And we were speaking and sharing and expressing uh, and renouncing the things that was pulling us away from God and, and that was more important to us than God himself. And, and, of course, I felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't care who was looking at me. I know God was speaking to me with tears in my eyes. I walked up to the altar, and I began to confess how I valued my, my shoes and my image and looking good and, and pleaded with my husband for me to turn around and go back and get my shoes, and I repented to God. And I asked the Lord to forgive me. And 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 uh, when we uh, got ready to uh, leave on the way home, I didn't wait until I got home. I, on the way home, I asked my husband to forgive me for even asking him, can I go home to get my shoes because I valued looking good before the people. And praise God for his grace and for his mercy. And God would give us another opportunity. God will help us to, to understand that my relationship with him is more important. Queen Vasti didn't understand that, that her relationship with God was more important than looking good before her ladies, looking good uh, before the people of the land, looking good before anybody else. She valued, she didn't understand, and she valued her image. And so, uh, so wives and women of God, we cannot allow our image to hinder us and pull us away from God and, and allow us to be contaminated. And then we contaminate other women of God because we have contaminated ourselves, so therefore it influences other women of God, and they begin to do the same thing that they see us do. And so we have to make sure that our life is in divine order and that people are looking at us and they're looking at me. They're looking at you and I, and they want to see Christ. And when we show them something different than Christ, then it hinders their relationship with God. So you and I don't want to be guilty of hindering somebody else's relationship with God because our relationship with God was out of order. So we want to make sure. So it was the men of the land that called, uh, that went to the king and spoke to the king. Let's, let's make a decree. Let's make sure that we cut this off. Let's make sure that our wives do not uh, contaminate, uh, our wives are not contaminated by something your wife has done. Let's make sure that our wives stay in divine order. Let's make sure that our wives do not influence our daughters and they don't influence anybody else of the land. They don't influence them to do the same, uh, have that same attitude, that same disposition. So what is God concerned about? He's concerned about your character. He's concerned about my character. He's concerned that you and I will keep our relationship with God in divine order. You and I will make sure that we are submitting to our husbands as unto the Lord, that we are subject, we are submissive, and adapt ourselves to our own husbands and submit to them and obey them and respect them and honor them. And every time we do, every time I do, every time you do, then you are pleasing God. 
God is pleased every time I obey my husband. God is pleased every time I respect my husband. God is pleased every time I submit to my husband. Because when I submit, and and, and I want to uh, interject this also, I can submit on the outside, but on the inside rebel. That's, is that true submission? No. Because true submission is a heart thing. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God sees the heart. And I can't come before God and say, well, God, you know, oh, you know my heart. And he's going to say, yes, I know your heart, that it's black as 20 midnights. It's dark. Because that's what Jeremiah says, that the heart is desperately wicked. Above all things, who can know it? You don't even know your own heart. I don't even know my own heart. There have been times when I disrespected my husband and wish I could, I had not said what I said, but God allowed it to happen to show me what was inside of me. So you don't know your own heart. So God would allow you and I to be in situations. So Queen Vasti was in this situation to expose what was in her heart, to expose the real Queen Vasti. And so God will allow situations for you and I to expose what's in our hearts, to show us you still uh, rebel. There's still a little bit of rebellion in you. There's still a little bit of unsubmission in you. There's still a little bit of you in you. <laughs> and so I got to uh, put you in a situation to expose what's in you um, so you can see what's in you and you can repent of that thing and get it right. Ask God to forgive you and give you another opportunity to come before the king. Queen Vasti was not given another opportunity, but now we're on the grace uh, which came through Jesus Christ, according to the book of St. John. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, so now we're on the grace, and thank God for his mercy that God gives you and I another opportunity. And so, so Queen Vasti was not given another opportunity, but you and I are. We're given another opportunity. Because think about it. You and I probably can't think of uh, a count on ten fingers how many times we miss God in our relationship with our husbands. Uh, my husband and I have been married for 25 years, so I, I cannot possibly count on ten fingers plus my ten toes how many times I've missed God. But thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Because I know because of my uh, rebellion and disrespect and dishonor unto God, to my husband, I know I don't believe we would be married today. But thank God for his grace and his mercy. I keep saying that. Thank God for his grace and his mercy that he's given us another opportunity. So I have to see that my position, that I'm in this position because of my husband and because of my relationship with God. And so Queen Vasti didn't acknowledge that she was in that position because of her husband. So think about it. Can there be a, can there be a queen, a true queen, uh, uh, without a king? That's not a real family. A real family is a queen, a king and a queen. A king first and a queen. But when it's, uh, when it's not balanced and it's broken off, it'll just be one. But when it's balanced, It'll be the king and the queen. So along with the position comes responsibility. Queen Vasti had a responsibility, and her responsibility was to submit to the king, to obey the king. Whenever he called, you obey the king. It doesn't matter if he called and wake you up through the middle of the night. You arise, put on your best face. Look good, make sure your heart is right, uh, uh, repent of anything that's not like the Lord, and then you go before your, your king. 
So, so what, whatever, whenever he calls, that's the, the time to make the adjustment and go uh, before the king. So with the position is a responsibility. So I need to make sure that I'm understanding my responsibility. It's not just for me to sit there and be pretty and, and, and do nothing and just wave at the people and, and smile when they smile. No, I have a responsibility. And I need to understand, and this is going back to understanding your assignment. So when I understand my assignment as a wife, then I'll make sure that I'm uh, uh, carrying out my assignment and doing my responsibilities that's going to please the Lord. Not please my husband, but as I please my husband, I'm going to please God. So I want to please God by pleasing my husband. And then in Colossians, the third chapter, uh, verse 18, the Amplified Version, it says, And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything that you and I do, I have to do it as unto the Lord. I have to, whether it's in word or whether it's in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, depending upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Now, is it possible that Queen Vasti could have handled that situation a little differently than when she did uh, by uh, just dishonoring uh, her husband and not, you know, refusing to go uh, to see what the king wanted? Is it possible she could have handled that a different way? Of course it is. But God didn't allow it. God allowed it to happen exactly the way it happened. So, But she could have handled it a little differently. She could have said, you know what, let me make sure that I uh, uh, get my heart right, make sure that my disposition is right, and let me go and see what the king wants. And then come back to celebrate with the ladies. Uh, and then in verse Colossians 3.18, it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands. Subordinate and adapt yourselves to them as is right and fitting and your proper duty to the Lord. Notice it says proper duty to the Lord. So my relationship with my husband, I am to submit and subject myself, submit to my husband, subordinate myself, myself, adapt myself to my own husband as is fitting uh, and right and a proper duty to the Lord. So I need to understand my assignment as a wife. I need to understand that every time I submit myself to my husband, then I'm in proper duty. I'm doing my proper duty as unto the Lord. And God will be pleased. And then when I do that, if I have daughters, which we have three daughters, my daughters will learn how to submit to their husbands. My daughters will learn how to honor their husbands. My daughters will learn how to respect their husbands. Because why? They see that example in their mother, and they see how their mother submit unto their father. And so, therefore, it's an example to them, and many times our daughters don't have examples because wives are not being examples to their daughters to show them this is the proper order. Uh, uh, the husband submit to Christ, and, and you submit to the husband, the wife, and then the children submit to both. Now, there may be in some homes where the husband is out of order and the wife is in proper order. Uh, she's the one that's saved and the husband is not saved. But uh, the Bible lets us know in First uh, Timothy, I believe it is, the third chapter, that she will win him by her chaste conversation 
conversation. In other words, the wife, as she submits to her husband, then her behavior shows that she submitted to her husband, then that's how she's going to win him. So we know that in some homes, um, um, the, the husband may not be in proper order, but the wife is, or vice versa. You may have in some homes where the, the husband is in proper order and the wife is not. Um, so whichever way it is, Somebody, you know, has to be the one that God can come through and use. Uh, and, and if it's the wife, the husband is out of order and the wife is, then in her behavior, in what she says and what she does, the, she's still setting an example that she's uh, submitting to her husband, then God can bring the husband into proper relationship with him. Amen? So we want to make sure that we, are, we do not operate like Queen Vasti, but we submit to our husbands, as unto the Lord. And every time we submit, then God is pleased. And God will receive all the glory. He will receive all the honor. And he will be glorified. And he will be able to bless the family. Because why? The husband is in proper relationship. The wife is in proper relationship. The children are in proper relationship. Now he can take the family into that destiny that he has designed uh, for, for the family. So uh, make sure that you and I are living as we are living our lives like Esther did. Uh, we don't have really have time, a whole lot of time, to go into how uh, Esther was submitted uh, and how God began to elevate her. But I want to bring something else out concerning this, uh, concerning Ruth. Uh, I'm sorry, concerning Queen Vashti and Esther. I want you to, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Ruth the third chapter and verse one through three, the Amplified version. And it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, shall I not seek rest or a home for you, that you may prosper? And now is not Boaz, this is verse 2, And now is not Boaz with, who, uh, with whose maidens you were, our relative. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. And I'm going to read that from the New King James Version. It says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is widowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Verse 3, Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Now, you may not know the story of Ruth and Naomi, but Naomi was the mother-in-law of Ruth. Ruth was married to Naomi's son, and in the first chapter, it brings out how uh, Ruth, uh, Naomi, and her other daughter-in-law, they all lost their husbands. And in second chapter, Ruth, I believe it's uh, Ruth 2 and 16, Ruth asked Naomi, uh, do not uh, command her or urge her not to leave her presence because she clung to her mother-in-law. So here was Ruth. Naomi had two daughter-in-laws, which was Ruth and Orpah. And she put a, a, a proposition before them, and she told them to go back they might as well leave because she didn't have any more sons. Her husband had died. Their husbands had died, which was her sons. Um, and, again, you can read this in chapter of uh, the first chapter and the second chapter of the book of Ruth. And so she, she put a proposition before them and said, why don't you return back to your own country? Uh, Orpah, she took 
uh, Naomi upon that request and that proposition, and she returned back to her to her family. She was crying, but she returned back to her family. But Ruth clung, you know, steadfastly. The Amplified version says to uh, Naomi, her mother-in-law, and she said, you know, urge me not to leave you. You know, your people shall be my people. My God shall be your God. I don't want to leave you. And so here in this in this third chapter, in the first verse. Uh, Naomi is seeking security for her daughter-in-law. And I'm bringing this out to show you, again, you have two women who made a decision. One chose to return back to her her family. The other one chose to follow a woman that she didn't know what their future would hold, but she saw something in her. She saw a relationship with God in Naomi. At first, Naomi was bitter. She didn't understand why God allowed her sons to be killed, her husband to be killed. Uh, and she said, she told the people, don't even call me Naomi, call me bitter, because she didn't understand what God was doing. But she didn't know that God was preparing her daughter-in-law that was going to secure her future. And so Ruth didn't understand that either. But Ruth made a decision I'm going to follow you. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to follow you. So here is a relationship that a woman of God chooses to enter into with another woman of God because uh, Naomi became a mentor to Ruth to help her enter her divine destiny. And so maybe if Queen Vasti had entered a relationship with another woman of God that could help her in her relationship with God, with her God, and help her in her relationship with her husband, it's possible that she would not have refused her husband when he requested her presence. But she didn't have that kind of relationship. Now, Esther, the one that God chose to replace Queen Vasti, Esther had someone in her life that helped her in her relationship uh, with her with with uh, the king. She had Mordecai, which was her uh, uncle, and he chose her. He took her as his uh, daughter, and he began to mentor her and help her in her relationship with the king. And as we see in the book of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi was a mentor unto Ruth, and Naomi helped her, helped prepare her for her Boaz. She needed to be prepared for her Boaz. She needed to know how to uh, minister unto her, how to prepare herself. And uh, when we uh, come back on Thursday, we'll probably talk about the four areas that Naomi told Ruth to begin to wash yourself, anoint yourself, uh, put on your best garment. Because what was she telling her? She was telling her how to prepare herself for the king. I have a question for you. I know this is your show, and as I was listening <laughs> to the program, I thought it was a very interesting illustration that you just brought out <clears throat> concerning the queen and and Ruth and Esther. And uh, Esther's uh, uh, sister uh, decided to go back. So is it uh, Ruth's uh, Ruth's sister? Yeah, her sister-in-law. Sister-in-law uh, decided to go back. Right, Orpah. To with her uh, family. Yes. So is it possible when the queen refused to come before the king, she wasn't saying this, but she was demonstrating that she was operating independent 
of her husband. And so therefore, her actions demonstrated, I want to go back yes. to where I came from. Yes. I want to go back to the rules and regulations that governs my father's house since I don't want to submit to the rules that govern your house, King. Yes. So so here we see two uh, uh, illustrations that is different but yet same. Yes. With a sister, two sisters, one made a decision, go with the woman of God, one made a decision, go back. But yet when the queen did what she did, she didn't say this directly, but indirectly, I respect my father's house more than I do your house. Yes. I think that is possible, and um, her, like you said, her actions demonstrated that. And but notice Ruth's actions demonstrated that she wanted to go with her mother-in-law. She wanted to be mentored. She, even though she didn't know what the future holds, held for her. She didn't know what the future would hold for her mother-in-law, but she chose to cling. Uh, the Amplified Version brings it out and says she chose to cling steadfastly, uh, to hold tight to Naomi. Uh, I'm going with you. And Naomi chose to go to a place called Bethlehem, which we know is House of Bread. She chose to go to that place, and Ruth chose to go with her. So basically what I'm hearing then, when Ruth made that decision, and I noticed something, uh, something she said, she said, I want to go wherever you go, I'm going to go. Yes. Your God is going to be my God. Yes. So queen, the queen, Vestite, when she did that, she rejected not only the king, but the king's God. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. That's good, yes. That's exactly what her actions were showing. And, and operating independently, she, you know, valued what she had before. She didn't value the position that God had placed her in. She didn't understand this is a position that anybody could have uh, been in, but you were chosen for this position. And so here's a responsibility. And so if you don't line up with the position and all the responsibility that comes with the position, then you're going to miss an opportunity that God has for you. Then that sounds like the same situation that happened with Lucifer and God. Yes. God is God. Lucifer was in the same position that Queen Vestai was in. She was a royal queen. Uh, Lucifer was next to God mm -hmm. in a position of authority. So, therefore, the same thing she did was the same thing that Lucifer did. Mm -hmm. And so, so God kicked him out, but yet he was able to pull a third of the angels. Uh, the king stopped it before she was able to pull the wives mm -hmm. of, the, uh, of, of the authorities in the kingdom. Yes. So same exact principle here. Yes, and you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking, uh, Spirit of God was speaking to me, that is it possible that Queen Vasi was um, so familiar with the king in his position and maybe behind uh, closed doors when it was just the two of them, she probably refused him on, on other occasions, but publicly probably never thought that if she refused him publicly that he would put her away. She probably never thought that that would happen. That's good that you brought that out. So, so we see wives that operate this way. So, what do you think uh, will call that uh, calls women wives to have this kind of mentality, this kind of attitude towards their husband? What is it? She was a queen. She just wasn't a regular woman. She was a queen mm -hmm. over a nation of people. So, so evidently something shifted with her. Yes. And I like what you just said. Uh, that was a public display, most likely, of something that happened privately. That's yes. the way it always operates. Mm -hmm. So eventually, if there's no adjustment privately, it's going to manifest publicly. Yes. So, But what do you think is the thing that gives women or wives 
the attitude and the mentality to function, to operate, or to have that kind of attitude that uh, Queen Vesta has? Uh, I, I believe maybe it could be a number of things, but I believe what's standing out to me is that, that independent spirit, you know, uh, I'm my own boss, especially if you've, you've uh, have if you've been in a uh, single for a long time, and then all of a sudden you you get married, and now you have to submit to your husband, and so it's messing with your you know you you, you don't want to submit because you're so used to making all the decisions yourself, and now you gotta go to your authority and say you know is it okay if I go uh, get my go shopping? Is it okay if I go get my hair done? Is it okay if I go get my nails done? You used to just jumping up and, and telling nobody, just going to do that, but now you gotta submit to your your authority. So I think it's probably the independent spirit, which goes back to that spirit of Lucifer again. Yes, uh, that's that's excellent. Uh, what you just brought out. Uh, something that came to my mind as you was articulating there uh, was a word uh, entitlement. Yes. Uh, sometimes women, uh, uh, and same thing with men too. Uh, uh, um, women feel that they are entitled because they are married. I'm entitled to do whatever I desire to do. And men feel, well, I'm entitled. I'm, I'm the head of this house, so I'm entitled to you. And so I think we get off track when we start taking ownership. Yes. And that's what we get a man off track and a woman off track. So evidently she had this entitlement mentality and spirit. So I'm the queen. I'm entitled to do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. But nobody's entitled to do anything you want to do because uh, if we really understand that none of us belong to ourselves, a man is not entitled to his wife, and the wife is not entitled to the man from the perspective of ownership. God owns us all. And so, therefore, we got to understand that we're in these positions because of God. And you brought it out earlier in the, bank, uh, in the book of Colossians that whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Yes. And so, so if I'm doing this unto the Lord, then I'm not entitled to nothing. Yes. Because I'm doing it as unto him, and I'm doing it for him. Yes. And so, therefore, if, if I can uh, stay Christ conscious or God conscious, then I believe a woman will honor her husband. A woman will submit to her husband because she trusts the God that brought, her, uh, brought the man to her. The same God that brought the man to her, and she submitted to the man, she would trust that same God to uh, uh, to believe that God will use the man to do the right thing in their relationship. Yes, and you and you know, um, I think we as wives will probably have a different uh, attitude. If now, just say for example, we know that Christ lives on the inside of us. But just say for example, every time I gave an answer to you as my husband, my authority as my head. Every time I gave that answer, I was looking in the face of Christ. Oh, yeah, definitely. We would definitely have a different attitude because immediately I, I, I'll check myself. I wouldn't even go there because Christ is looking at me and, and Christ hears me. And so even though he's not, he's not standing face to face like you and I are, but he is because I'm doing it because of Christ. He lives on the inside of me. He lives in you, and he's looking for me to obey him as I obey you. But you just made some uh, made a powerful statement going back to his teaching. I'm going on the anatomy of man. Everyone listening really need to order this series. It really really will bless you. So so what you just described, uh, I know uh, if I can just be Christ conscious when I'm talking to you. But when a person is not Christ conscious and they are flesh conscious, that means they're more natural and more carnal than they are spiritual. But when I'm more spiritual, I'm going to be aware of God in every conversation I have. I'm going to be aware of God when I'm speaking to my boss. I'm going to be aware of Christ when I'm speaking to my children. 
So the more spiritual you and I become, the more God-conscious we are becoming. Yes. That lets you know how spiritual I am when I'm God-conscious. So therefore, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he said, He that minds the things of the of flesh uh, is death. He that minds the things of the spirit is life and peace. So therefore, if I'm God-conscious, that means uh, I'm more spirit conscious and I, I have, I'm walking and uh, experiencing life. I'm experiencing peace. In the midst, I don't care what's going on with my wife, my husband, my children, I am sustained by the spirit of the living God. So so would you say then that Queen Vosti was more flesh conscious than she was spirit conscious? Of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> because she was not, uh, we got to understand that this was a heathen king and a heathen queen. Yes. So they wasn't even saved. So God just had them in uh the whole situation in the Bible to let us see some things from a biblical perspective. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, if there's any wise that's listening that uh, the Spirit of God began to convict your heart, uh, we pray that you will repent, you know, and ask God to forgive you. Again, we're on the grace and truth that came by Jesus Christ, so God will forgive you. He's already forgiven you. Uh, he just allowed you to hear this broadcast today um, to convict your heart so you can be back in divine order with him. So just repent quietly. Nobody has to hear you if you're on your job or wherever you may be. Repent and ask God to forgive you and give you another opportunity. Remember, Queen Vasti did not have another opportunity. She was banished forever, and we don't even hear or read anything else about her. So she lost her position. And God does not desire for you and I to lose our position. He's given us another chance by the mere fact that you're breathing right now. He's giving you and I another chance. Uh, and notice I said you and I because I've missed it many, many times with my husband. Uh, but praise God for his grace and his truth and his mercy that he's forgiven me, and he gives us another opportunity to be in divine order with him. We pray that you were blessed by the broadcast today. Again, we want to encourage you to begin to, uh, to uh, as you're listening, share it with your family, share it with your friends. Um, if you're listening, uh, we do put it from time to time on Facebook. Um, tomorrow will be... Um, uh, the Master Key, The Order of Kingdom Relationships with Dr. McKenzie and myself, as you just heard a little bit of Dr. McKenzie a few minutes ago. On Thursday will be uh, myself again, and on Friday uh, will be Dr. McKenzie, The Master Key, Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. And then this Saturday, make sure you're listening on this Saturday and tell your family and your friends, this Saturday at 12 noon until 2 p.m. will be The Master Key, Releasing the Supernatural. We believe in God that you will call in, uh, and we will have a prophetic teams ready to minister to you prophetically. And we need to understand this, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, uh, we probably have the chat going. Uh, once you uh, uh, call in or you uh, chat, then we will have, we'll assign uh, at least two team members um, that will call you back, and they will call you and they will give you the word of the Lord. And so uh, uh, we may do some things uh, live over the air, may speak prophetically to a few people over the air, but we're going to do a majority of it behind the scenes uh, that once you uh, call in or you chat, uh, you, uh, chat and we will give your name and number to a team member and they will call you back and they will give you the word of the Lord. And every word is going to be recorded. And the purpose of that, that's safety. That's for your sake and our sake. And so, uh, so I believe that every word should be judged. And so uh, uh, they will take that, they will record it, rather, and we will email or, or text you that word. Most likely uh, uh, it will be email 
Sometimes the, the file is too long. We can't text it or we can't email it immediately. So we have to download. It depends on how long the word is. Uh, and download it into the computer. Then we will email it to you or we will put it on a CD and send it to you in the, the mail. Amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed. You heard an encouraging word to help you as a as a wife, as a mother, as a woman of God. Um, tell someone about the broadcast if you were blessed so they can tune in and they can also be blessed. And uh, remember, one word from God will change your, your life. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in.